Well, hello, everyone. I'm your host, Cindy Ketzel. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Nine to Thrive HR. In this podcast, we team up with experts to bring you the best in HR, talent management, and business strategy. As you know, we love to hear from you. We'd love to hear any ideas for interviews. Please send us a request to podcasts at hci.org. We'd love to hear from you. You all, I am so excited. I was sharing with Jana before we got started here. This is our first time that I can say we are interviewing somebody that represents a company from another country, and that is Canada. So we're so excited to have Jana Ricciardi here with us today. She is the co-founder and practice leader at Vita Assure, as I mentioned, a Canadian brokerage firm that specializes in employee benefits for small and medium-sized enterprises in both Quebec and Ontario. Jana has 20 years of experience working with payroll, HR, and finance departments to create employee benefit plans that take into account the changing demands of the workforce so needed. In the past, she's developed an accelerated curriculum for insurance professionals seeking certification in group insurance and published 360 Degrees of Group Insurance, a training guide on industry best practices. Jana, we are so delighted to have you with us. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me on the show and for that intro. Of course. Well, like I said, we're delighted to have a company that is represented by another country here today. So I know we'll chat about that as we get into it. But before we get started, Jana, I was reading a little bit just to learn. You know, I always like to do that, learn a little bit more about who I'm interviewing, obviously, and the company they represent. And I stumbled upon this quote that you had written. And I know you're the co-founder of Vita Assure as well, but I stumbled upon this and I thought, ooh, I want to ask you about this. This was really intriguing to me. You had said, it is so rewarding to go to work every day knowing I can make a real difference in the health, financial security, and overall well-being. So tell us a little bit about that. What are you all doing that's making a difference in this space? Uh, Yeah, it's so nice that you picked up on that. Uh, That's really how I feel. And I think it's a guiding line in the way we work. I think that as professionals, just in general, we tend to get caught up a lot in the day to day, you know, like focusing on I'm building this report or this business case or this presentation, and we tend to lose sight of the broader picture. And I mean, we do benefit. So ultimately, that's really does have a big impact, but not only on my clients, because my clients are businesses, right? But also on their employees, on their families. It touches us every day, you know? So we try to bring that aspect and bring a more human side to brokerage. I think that a lot of brokers focus on rates, on costs, premiums. Now, of course, that's important. You know, the business needs to be able to afford the coverage. The employees also often, there's cost sharing. So cost is important, but The problem is if we get wrapped up in all that, we forget that, you know, getting a true return on your investment on those dollars really comes to 
kind of making sure you're offering the right package that's going to meet the needs of those employees and communicating it properly. And so what we do is we really try to schedule time because if you don't, you forget about it. We try to make sure to schedule touch points to talk about these things and to make sure that we're helping HR. You know, we work with SMEs, as you mentioned, and they don't necessarily have dedicated benefits teams. You know, often there's one HR that does recruiting and onboarding and benefits and, you know, everything. So, you know, unfortunately, these tasks are dumped often on them and they get forgotten. So that's a big part of what we do to help out. Yeah. And I want to come back to a point you made, but yeah, it just dawned on me when you said that. I'm like, yeah, because you're working with smaller organizations and oftentimes smaller organizations do only have one person that's managing the whole HR spectrum. So you're, so yeah, it just gets lost in the process there. And I so appreciate as the beginning of your answer, you said, yes, we have a job to do, but we also have to make sure that we're focused on not just our clients, but also their employees and their families. But also keeping that mindful eye on that return on investment. And that's part of why I was so intrigued, Jana, to talk with you, because we're going to talk a little bit about how do we make sure our organizations are getting the most out of their benefits that they're offering to their employees. But yeah, I love that you brought that return of investment and making sure you're serving those that you need to serve with the appropriate needs. I love that. What would you say then, you mentioned too that changes are always happening, you're always keeping your eye on that. What would you say in your tenure in this space have been some of the most monumental changes to benefits? What have you seen? Yeah, interestingly enough, I don't find that insurance products have changed all that much, but there have been a lot of very big changes. I would say that the changes are mostly contextual and environmental. So there's two main categories. So the first is the actual workforce has changed. You know, there's much more diversity. We talk about five generations in the workplace, each with very unique characteristics and needs. We have the family, the definition of what is a family has changed so much. So, you know, it's not necessarily husband plus wife plus 2.3 children anymore. <laughs> you know, so you have single parents, you have same sex, you have no children, you have many children. I mean, it's very, very diverse. And DEI has really, diversity, equity, and inclusion has really taken a lot of place in HR. But I think that people focus, they think that DEI is more about recruiting. I think that's what we tend to think about. But it really should like trickle down to all aspects of your business. And we need to make those benefits meet more diverse needs as well. So I would say that's the first kind of big change. After that, like in many industries, we can't ignore the influence of technology. So the advancements in technologies have changed the delivery of benefits. I think it's streamlined administration a lot. There's been more tools available to employees. There's a whole ecosystem that's been created also to support the insurance industry. So I think that, you know, although insurance itself has not changed, maybe the way we, we deliver it and what we're trying to achieve with it has definitely evolved. Yeah, two really big, high-level ways in which you've seen some changes. I love that. Great, great discussion there. You all, what we're getting into here is really eventually how do we support 
our organizations to assure that employees are utilizing the benefits. So before we get to that, one of the things I think that having been internal to an organization, having been around the process of getting those employer benefits ready to go for an organization, I know there's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in choosing those employer benefits and maintaining them and enhancing them. And I suspect you might see this too, Jana, from a Canadian perspective, I suspect there's some benefits that are probably mostly often utilized. And then there's those that are not. So in the U.S., this is only my assumption. I'm making an assumption the easiest things for us to take advantage of are our health benefits and dental benefits. And I'm assuming those probably are most often utilized. But what's your thoughts on that? Would you say there are benefits that you do see being underutilized, whether you're coming from a Canadian perspective or just an overall general perspective? Yeah, no, I think it's definitely safe to say that health and dental are more visible benefits, right? So these are the benefits that we tend to interact with mostly on a day-to-day basis, and that definitely has an impact on our out-of-pocket. So for sure, these are things that people will look at, you know, especially when they're interviewing at jobs, you know, I don't actually do recruiting, but I've never really heard comments of people saying, so what's your life insurance? Yeah, right. <laughs> so people are asking about, you know, vision and orthodontia and prescription drugs. And these are the things that, you know, most catch our eyes. So definitely there's HR is putting a lot of focus on that. But I would say, you know, obviously, more catastrophic coverages like life and disability, those are there when you really need them and are important. But those that could probably be utilized more is this other category that I like to call more like wellness and definitely will help with overall mental health. So for sure, employee assistance programs or any type of wellness platforms, you know, that are being offered, these tend to be underutilized. Anyone could benefit from them. You know, everybody need some degree of help with, you know, our overall wellness. This is just the nature of life these days. And I think that they're underutilized for many reasons. Well, firstly, it's a benefit that's hard to communicate. You know, I think that especially the smaller organizations maybe don't do enough communication around, you know, what it is, what's the benefit and how can it be accessed. But then also, I think there's maybe still, even post-pandemic, there's still a stigma around mental health and People think, oh, well, I don't need that. Or it's not about being sick, right? It's just, it's about putting your best foot forward. So I would like to see these types of benefits really better utilized. I so appreciate thinking about it in terms of that umbrella term of a wellness platform, if you will. But it made me think real quick. I had recently offered a training to a client and said the same thing as you said. The question was, about having challenges with managing anger. So, you know, I zipped out of my facilitator mode and went into reducing stigma, reducing stigma and and talked about how, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think people don't realize that, you know, asking for help or mental health, you know, the old adage of, if you had a heart concern or if you had diabetes, we would certainly seek treatment for that, but we don't for our mental health needs. Oftentimes we often see that lag, but here's the other piece of it. You know what I couldn't remember the name of while I was in that training is the name of the EAP. So that echoes your exact point 
is that I think, you know, you talked in the beginning, you know, we pay attention to the vision orthodonture, you know, in the U.S. here, health and dental. You talked about life and disability as we need those, but you're absolutely right. The wellness stuff, it's out there. But how do we communicate that, especially if we're a small organization? How do we make sure everybody is aware of what's going on? And to your point, also, how do we reduce that stigma around it or continue to reduce that stigma around it? Yeah, EAPs, sometimes we call them employee and family assistance programs. That's another thing that we forget is sometimes the employees might be aware of it, but how do you reach the family members? Because sometimes it's the spouse or even the teenage children, you know, that might need it most. Yeah. And I just had lunch with someone the other day and, and she happened to mention, she said, well, Cindy, I'm the perfect example of sandwich generation, right? She's like, I'm taking care of my parents. And I feel like when I was internal to an organization, I feel like that was also part of it. How do you help to, you know, you've got aging parents. And so I feel that that was also benefit as part of that. So you're right. It's not just the employee and we forget about that. So a great way to add that lens to it as well. So this is what I've been most fascinated about because, and you've mentioned as we've gone through you know, how we encourage the utilization. And I know that's something you all specialize in, again, especially because the size of the organizations that you're working with. So talk to me about how can organizations actually improve that utilization of all of those benefits that you're mentioning there? What does that look like? What are some steps or tips or what does that look like for you? Yeah. So, I mean, there's what I like to call the pillars, right? So there's, you know, a few things that you want to think about when you're thinking about communication. So first of all, it starts with onboarding, even if your employees might have, let's say, a probationary period before they can actually be eligible for benefits. You need to start at onboarding because that's when their attention is peaked. And then also what I say a lot is it's about repetition. So communication is an ongoing process. You can't just talk about it once and then you know, forget about it. Communication needs to evolve also. But the other thing that people maybe don't always think about, and I know that it might be harder nowadays that, you know, the work is not necessarily at a physical location anymore, but we need to vary our styles of communication because everybody learns differently, right? So everyone processes information differently. So you can't just communicate only by email or only by putting posters in the cafeteria or only like you have to do a variety of styles, you know, maybe some videos, some presentations, some mailing campaigns, some booths, you know, whatever you have to get creative with this. And, you know, anyways, this is the fun part for me is getting creative, but are the employees going to be most receptive to the information? So that's another point. And then ultimately is the packaging. Okay. So, you know, you hear that expression a lot, you know, that the content is more important than the packaging, but well, this is a little known fact about me. I actually studied marketing, you know, I kind of fell into this industry by uh, chance after I graduated, but I studied marketing. So I kind of always kept that learning, you know, in what I do. And the thing is you can have the best benefits package in the world, but if nobody knows about it, I mean, is it really the best package? So sometimes just the visual aspect of it is also as important. You want to make it interesting enough for people to actually want to read the materials that you spent so much time developing. And also what you need to do is tie in that visual to some of your other internal communication. So I always say 
that everything you do as an organization ultimately is a reflection and is also going to influence your corporate culture, right? So, you know, sometimes I see very, um, I don't know what the word is, dislocated, but like communications that don't match each other, right? So, you know, if you're, I don't know, if you're using certain colors to communicate, I don't know, one thing, you want to tie it into your brand, to your logo, to your colors, to the feel of, you know, even to your external brand, you got to tie everything in and make sure that benefits are not being presented in silo to some of your, uh, you know, salary and other types of things that you're doing for employees. So there's a lot to think about. You know, obviously we can't cover everything in one podcast, but I think people underestimate how much effort it is to do a proper communication plan. Yeah. And there's the nail on the head. So Is this part of what you all do with the clients that you work with? Is this something that you help to plan? Because that is the word that struck me, is that plan, creating that strategy, right? So that you can look ahead. So how can we incorporate this into other communications that are going out? How can we incorporate this into other things that are going on? So I guess that's a two-part question. Is that something that you all work with your clients to do or you coach them to, you know, kind of put together that plan? What does that look like for you all at Vida? Yeah, I think it depends the client. So every client is different. For some of them, it's more of a coaching exercise and just making sure that they're thinking about the right things and then they'll develop internally their own materials or execute. And then for some others who maybe need simpler documentation or things, we can kind of take that on for them and help them. So it really depends the client. Some clients just prefer to do it internally, but then we just, you know, we just want to make sure to coach them through it. So for me, what's important is it doesn't really matter who's handling it. Just make sure you're not forgetting it, right? That's right. Well, putting that strategy together, it's interesting. I appreciate you had talked about being mindful of it being disjointed. So don't just throw it in with another. like it has to make sense with the communication that's going out. But let me ask you this. Every month of the year usually has something that we're focused on. Have you found like, you know, oftentimes there's like international mental health awareness or whatever. Have you found is that especially coming from that marketing background, is that helpful to tie in some of that communication when you're seeing, you know, some of these international slash national months, days, what have you come about? Yes, I think so. Because really, you can piggyback like on, you know, these hashtags that are circulating on social media. Like in Canada, we have Bell Let's Talk, which has become really, really popular, which is around mental health. But there's so many different like national or international days, like sometimes, you know, every day of the week, you could probably could be, yes. <laughs> yeah. But you could really piggyback on other th- content that's being, and it's more top of mind. So, you know, people, employees might see communications that you're doing and then go home and be on their iPhone on social media and see content from other sources that's related. So it just helps to tie everything in and reinforce the messaging. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's great. And it's interesting, you talked about evolution. And you'd mentioned, you know, we've got to be mindful of our employees and how they receive the content and how they learn. But you had talked about like using videos, doing mailing campaigns, any examples that you can think of off the top of your head, 
that have been really helpful or beneficial, whether that's for you all internal or working with a client? I mean, there's so many things you could do, but I would just really caution against just relying solely on like the booklets that are prepared by insurance companies because they are full of jargon. And of course, they're important because you need to have like all of the details. But I would say that at the very minimum, just having a benefits at a glance, like a one pager, like I know that it sounds like so simple and easy and logical, but you'd be surprised how many organizations don't even have just a benefits at a glance one pager. Yeah, you know, back in my day when I used to offer onboarding, or I was part of the onboarding process, I should say. It's a lot to take in when you're first starting a new job, all of that benefits information. So that one pager, or even if we're utilizing it as a recruiting tool, just a one pager to really provide that information. That's such a great suggestion and idea. Well, this is awesome, Jana. Anything else that you can think of that, you know, especially when we're thinking about communicating those benefits so that they are utilized? Any final thoughts around that before we head into closing here? Yeah, I would just say that, you know, whenever we're talking about communication, you know, what's important is eventually and regularly to collect feedback. So even if it's informal or anecdotal, just try to collect feedback and utilize that for future planning. You are so right. And Jana said, you know, collect it and utilize it because I think that's the key. We're great at collecting. But again, it's all about resources and availability. But yes, create that plan to collect that feedback. And then how are we going to use it for action? What a great reminder for us, because I forget about that, too. We need to hear from the people what's working and what's not working. Thank you so much. I was so excited to talk with you and, you know, find out a little bit more about what you all do in terms of communication and how we can help companies to make sure that employees are utilizing some of those probably little hidden gems of benefits that they may not see on the regular. So thank you so much. Thank you. One quick thing, you all, before we close out, I had mentioned to you that Vita Assure is a Canadian company. So, Jana, I do want to make sure I have this right. So organizations that you're working with are really businesses or even divisions of larger organizations that are located in Quebec or Ontario. And as we mentioned, smaller size, so 500 employees or less. Do I have that right as we close out here? Yes, no, definitely. And, you know, actually, I do have many clients that are, you know, the head office, I would say, or the benefits team is located, for example, in the US. So I do have experience working with companies who are not originally from Canada, but expanded into Canada or are growing into Canada and who need help with their Canadian benefits. Maybe I could say that I am on LinkedIn. And if anyone has questions about just Canadian benefits in general, even if you're not in Quebec or Ontario specifically, you have maybe employees in other provinces, really don't be shy. You can always just poke me, ask a quick question. You know, I'm happy to help in any way. Well, and you know what? That was something we didn't even talk. I mean, again, we could always talk for days about this, but that was something we didn't talk about. You're absolutely right. We are in a time that we are in remote work fields, right? So we could have employers that are hiring folks from Quebec, Ontario, or Canada in general. You're right. So just even those simple questions about benefits would be helpful. Well, thank you for offering that. I really appreciate that for our listeners. No, my pleasure. 
All right, you all. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap up here. Just a few things, Nine to Thrive listeners here. Please give us an email if you are interested in a certain topic or would like to hear from a certain guest. You can email us at podcasts at hci.org. Also, be sure you are subscribing to our podcast in your favorite podcast app. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating. Your rating helps other professionals and talent-minded people discover our program. For 9 to Thrive HR and all of us here at HCI, we appreciate you for tuning in. Make it a great day, everyone.